everybody said? Amen. Amen. We're going to keep doing that. Now, uh, we haven't done this in a while, and I know it's harder here, but if somebody had, and, and I know it's like, no, it's too hard here, but if somebody had, and we're going to get to a couple things in a minute anyway, but if somebody had a story about living out the mission or the vision, I would really entertain that today, but you'd have to be a little bit brave and come up here and share it. Uh, is there anybody? I just don't want to miss an opportunity. I know we're still kind of getting used to making this a part of our culture, but uh, how you've seen the mission and vision lived out, how you've done it, uh, something where you've seen God work, whatever it looks like. It's going to give you a second. Okay, it's all right. All right, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, no, you're special. <laughs> yes, you are. So in line with that, absolutely. Um, I know that uh, we have been praying for, come on up, Dwight. Uh, we have been praying for the Weedle family and especially Elise and she's got a husband who's got a name and I don't know what it is. Josh, there I got it. So uh, I wanted, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dwight's going to share with us what's going on with Henry. You guys see God's hand all over this. So it was about a year ago, actually on Josh's birthday, when Henry was diagnosed with a uh, aortic uh, valve uh, abnormality. And uh, so they, they've been praying since then for, for healing. And of course, we brought that here to our church family and our small groups and the prayer team and, and just the entire church here, as well as Josh's family. And uh, they, they now live in Syracuse, New York, and their church family. We're with another church in Branchville, uh, New Jersey. Anyway, we just we just been praying and praying, and, and I know so many of you guys have been praying as well, and we absolutely appreciate that just immensely. Um, in in February, they they had a ballooning process or procedure that was done in Kansas City, and it was really hard because that really was not successful. But it led to the the next step, you know, and and. Uh, Elisa's, Elisa's uh, prayer for through all of this was uh, from Psalm 33, we wait and hope for the Lord. And uh, the, that procedure, one of the doctor's opinions there that actually Elise was not very excited about, had a different idea that the, there was a, uh, a uh, flap, a, a part of the, not part of the valve, but part of a, another growth there that was obstructing the, the valve. So they passed that on to the surgeon in Boston and uh, scheduled, been scheduling that for months. And then finally uh, the time came and then a few days before that, uh, they moved the surgery date again. So there's another few days they had to rearrange their flights. And uh, so instead of flying out, it ended up instead of flying out of Wichita, which seemed really simple. Uh, I'd have to admit that I was even a little grumbly about that. I ended up driving them to Kansas City on Monday morning last week. And uh, so before I got home, I got a message, uh, I got a text message from, from Elise. And let's see if I can do this. <laughs> so the text message was, guys, this is Mary Beth. She came up to us in Kansas City Airport and said she felt like God was calling her to pray with us. So we prayed. And I cried. God is going before us, answering your prayers. Thank you for waiting in hope with us. 
also just just reminded me of uh, of the verse where where uh, we trust in in God in, in God's timing. Not very good at this phone thing, guys. <laughs> <coughs> and got to Jeremiah 30 instead of 29. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Jeremiah 29 was, was the verse at that point. For I know I have the plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. In Kansas City, we uh, we went through that. We, they went through the procedure, and one more thing came up the night before. We we're actually getting something to eat, which had been the last time that Henry was going to be able to eat before the surgery in the morning. And there were two babies born that night that needed emergency surgery, and the doctor, not a nurse or a staff person or anything else, the actual doctor who's doing the surgery called Elise and asked if it'd be okay if, if they would postpone this so he could do those surgeries. And what do you say? Yes, <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. And so they did and they said, well, just come anyway in the morning and we'll see if we can do this. They waited for four hours for uh, Henry to get in. So he hadn't eaten and he slept and, and God's hand was just all over it. But they made it into the surgery and the best news that we got then was another text from Elise. All praise to him, the God of light who formed the mountains by his might. All praise to him who names the stars that sing his fame in the skies and the skies afar. All praise to him who reigns in love guides the galaxies above, yet bends to hear our every prayer with sovereign power and tender care. We received news from the surgeon that he was able to remove the membrane from Henry's bowel, and he's 99% sure it will, grow, it will not grow back. And the best news is Henry's aortic valve is completely normal and functioning as it should. This is the best news we could have had. All praise to him. Henry's heart has been healed. Absolutely. What an amazing answer to prayer. God has been so merciful. Thank you all for your praying. Come on, coming alongside us and waiting in hope with us. Love, Josh, Elise, Charlie, Henry, and Hadley. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, this week we got a picture of this. So, they're, they're in, they're flying to have this done for uh, Henry. And Henry's two? Henry's too, you guys. And they're in the airport, and this stranger, right? Right. This stranger says, I don't know, I just feel like I need to pray for you. You guys, that's God's working, right? That is so cool. And uh, then to hear the report, huh, the heart's not quite as bad as we thought, or, and now we're going to do this, and it's going to, hey, this is marvelous. So we rejoice with Elise and Josh and the whole family, you guys. That's fantastic. 
uh, yeah, really cool stuff going on. Uh, some of you kindly have asked uh, about, uh, I was gone this week to see my mother, 85 years old. She has a form of brain cancer tumors that is uh, uh, not good. Uh, had For what it was, I had a good trip. Thank you for asking. I was able to visit her those days and um, she doesn't remember a lot. She's not in pain and uh, this will be what sends her to heaven's gates, but I don't know when. So I appreciate the opportunity to go see her and uh, glad to talk more about it. She loves the Lord. She's 85. Uh, not particularly tragic, but like I said last week, it's your mom, you know. So thank you for asking. Uh, one more thing before we get on with some other stuff. Um, Kendra, come up here. So we recognize Kendra Gertson. She's one of our own. Uh, this is, in some ways, only in some ways, her last Sunday with us for a while. Um, and so, hi. Hey. So remind us again what you're going to be up to, and then we're going to pray for you as you go off on your new endeavor. All right, so I'm about to be heading down to Florida for a year-long um, agricultural internship down there. Um, with an organization called ECHO. Um, they work to reduce um, world hunger largely through agricultural means. Um, and so I'll be doing, uh, most of what I'll be learning is just like small scale farming practices that um, you can take into the developing world and help people be able to produce more and like provide for their communities and themselves. And so, yeah, just a lot of um, learning that as well as just learning um, a lot of like intercultural communication and that kind of thing. So, yeah. service and we'll get to some worship so uh, you know it's live television worship team you can wander up here while we're praying so all right hey everybody join me in prayer first for Kendra so God we are so thankful for Kendra and for her uh, your call on her life God just to see you work in her life we are so thankful for what you've done uh, we pray God that you would go before her we pray, God, that she would see your path clearly in front of her and that she would choose to follow it as closely as she can. So we pray, God, for things like safety and direction. We pray for uh, little details to be worked out when it comes to uh, places to stay, decisions to be made, whatever it is, God. We pray for all that. But more than anything, God, we pray that you would use Kendra mightily in the building of your kingdom, in the uh, further expansion of your church, God, whatever it looks like. God, empower her by your Holy Spirit to do the work you called her to do. So we're thankful for her. We love her. And we ask you to just be with her in every which way. And Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, just a, a cool morning, but a good morning to come and just worship you. And I just think that there's a lot of things to be praising you for. And so we are so thankful to hear the report from Dwight about Henry and just your work in that. And so we just praise you. Uh, for all of that, and we continue to lift them in prayers as they continue to go go on. We also just praise you this morning as we think of uh, the baptisms, as we think of the, uh, the three people willing to share their testimony, uh, get baptized, and become members of the church. And so we are, just want to praise you through that. And so we lift them up this morning as, as they uh, come share their testimony, as they get baptized. May you just guide and direct them. May you just be with Christopher and uh, Cammie and Lacey as they share. Uh, just give them the strength, and may you just... Uh, 
uh, work through their testimony and their baptism and as they become members of the church it's just a cool thing just to praise you this morning and so uh, we want to continue to praise and worship you and we want to do that through uh, song and acts and so we just pray over the service that you would just guide and direct it and we look forward to what you have and we pray this in your name amen, amen. if you'd like to you can stand the words to our song they're in the middle of your bulletin
go. Okay, I'm going to try to stand into this thing as much as we can. This will be the one the candidates are going to, they are called candidates until they're actually baptized. I know it's even minutes away. They're still candidates. Okay. Um, you know, uh, just a couple of comments as we anticipate. This is uh, there. Um, it's, it's a just the most important thing in the life of a church to celebrate baptisms, right? Uh, I'm going to give you a little picture, uh, three stories from Acts that we're going to get to over the next several weeks. I, I'm just going to give you a little snippet because they're interesting uh, about how important baptism is. Uh, we see in Acts 8, we're going to see, great story, I've actually talked about it a little bit before in my time here, a guy named Philip comes across an Ethiopian. And he preaches the gospel to him. They sit in his chariot. They talk about scripture. And uh, ultimately, the Ethiopian trusts Jesus. And in that encounter, uh, we have the Ethiopian saying, what keeps me from being baptized? And Philip's like, right, let's go. There's water. And he's baptized. It's a marvelous story. Um, there's another story, even when in the next chapter of Acts, when Saul himself, who is persecuting the church. Again, we're going to get to all these. I'm going to talk about them a lot more in the weeks ahead. Uh, Saul, who is persecuting the church, becomes a Christian. And he's blinded on that road. And, and uh, he's led to the town. And a guy named Ananias, not the same Ananias that died at, you know, last week, of course, right? But this Jesus follower named Ananias prays for him. These scales fall off. And again, the Bible says in Acts 9, uh, he trusted Jesus and basically got baptized right away. They went and baptized. Marvelous story. And then uh, one of my favorite stories later on in Acts is Acts 16. Uh, Paul and Silas are actually arrested for preaching the gospel, right? Well, they're actually arrested because they depossessed this girl, this slave girl who was fortune telling. And they get arrested. And even in the jail, it's really a great story. We're going to talk about that a lot. And that's many weeks away. They're singing hymns. They've been beaten up and they're in jail and they're singing hymns. And then, wouldn't you know it, an earthquake got rocks that jailhouse and they get released or they get their chains fall off but they don't leave the jailer is so impressed that they didn't run away and he's like sirs what must i do to be saved and it turns out then that paul and silas preach the gospel to this jailer and his whole household and what does it say happens even yet that day they were baptized so um baptism a marvelous thing and uh Every year we do this, but I wanted to talk about it today because uh, I haven't had a chance to in a while. Uh, I was gone last year for the baptisms and all that. So um, here's Bueller MB's approach to baptism, and I, there's a little bit of a continuum. Uh, there's this old school way that I'm looking around at a lot of you, and you can remember with me. When I was a kid uh, and I wanted to be baptized at whatever age I was, 11 or 12, I think, whatever, you know, you had to have like a whole semester of special classes with the pastor. Anybody remember these days? You know, and so you got, you know, uh, I, I, you couldn't go to your normal Sunday school class. You had to meet with the pastor or you got to whatever it looked like. And you had, you know, weeks of these classes. And then at the end, you gave your testimony in front. Of, I grew up in MB Church and you gave your testimony and then you were baptized. Right. That's sort of old school. This long sort of class. There's this new school approach on the other end of the spectrum. And a lot of mega churches have really um, uh, utilized this. And it's basically, hey. We're going to have baptism today. And they get out the kiddie pool and they put it in the big auditorium and fill it with water and say, anybody that wants to be baptized, come on down and we'll baptize you. Guys, anybody seen that sort of thing? Sure. 
So I'm not suggesting which one's right or wrong, but I'm going to tell you in case you've forgotten, and those of you that might be guests today, Bueller MB's approach, which is a pretty typical MB. I don't know if there are still some doing the old school thing. I don't know. But we, we have two-session class. We talk about baptism and membership because we put them together, generally speaking, here at Bueller MB because they're important. Uh, you know, we have done some separate, but mostly we, we baptize you and you're a member of our church, and that is the case with all three today. Uh, but that uh, Dustin often does it. Dustin and I do it together. That's how it happened this year. You meet twice, talk through it, and uh, they practice their testimonies in front of the elders. They've all done that, and uh, that's our approach. And remember, I'm sorry, let me forget the most important part. These people are saying, I trust Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus. And that's the most important thing, right? And so um, uh, that's our approach. And that's what you're seeing the culmination of for these three people today uh, in our church. Um, real quick, uh, there are other traditions and denominations that might practice different ways to baptize. You can have, uh, I'm not even trying to be funny, uh, you know, a little sprinkle for real or a pour. We have chosen to go with full immersion. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be militant about anything, but guys have debated this over all the years. This seems the most biblical. That term, everybody be impressed. I'm going to hit you with a Greek word. I'll bet you all know it. Baptizo. Hey. It means to immerse fully in water. So it seems to us that that's the best mode to do, but we don't get militant about it, and I'm not really inclined to mess with other traditions. Uh, baptism, it represents you know, trusting Jesus, so I'm okay with that. But that's, uh, I'm gonna get to, uh, in a second here, just a little bit more about that underwater thing. But some of us might need to remind ourselves, uh, why baptism? And uh, the first answer that we would say to the, you know, when we have the course, the biggest thing to remember about why baptism is obedience, okay? You put your trust in Jesus, and it's, uh, we believe, and we preach this, that it is an obedience move to be baptized because you put your trust and faith in Jesus. Uh, and the first way that's reflected is Jesus himself was baptized. Now you remember how funny that was because John, John baptized a repentance baptism. That means I'm sorry for my sins. I'm turning away from them. I want to be baptized. And he came up to, uh, Jesus came up to John and John's like, whoa, dude, um, really? And Jesus is like, look, uh, this is this is my interpretation, okay? He says, look, let's do this just so all righteousness can be, you know, completed. So, and he, I believe that Jesus did this so that we would follow his example. He did not need to be baptized for forgiveness and sins and trusting in himself, right? But he said, this is this, I want, this is the standard I want for my people. And so, uh, so that's one thing. And let's not forget that in our mission and vision, it reflects the Great Commission, right? So this is from Matthew 28. And just to remind you, Jesus said this before he left for heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And then what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. That's in our mission them. Jesus said it. So there's absolutely an, an obedience part of this thing. One more verse, When even in Acts 2, if you don't remember this, I'll remind you. We've been here already, but it's been a while ago. In Acts 2, uh, when Peter uh, is approached by the crowd, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what 
shall we do? They've seen all this ruckus, right? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. So there's absolutely uh, a part of this that we commend our three candidates today and every one of us who has been baptized to say we wanted to do it because it was an obedience thing. There's also the other big why is it's a public declaration of faith, right? Uh, the pithy way we've, we've said this, it's an outward sign of an inward faith, an outward sign of an inward faith. Baptism does not save. We would never preach that. Do you have to be baptized to have a relationship with Jesus? No, you don't. To go to heaven? No, you don't. Whatever you want to say, it is not. But it is a public declaration, and it's a way of saying, hey, I'm with Jesus. I identify with Jesus. I'm on Team Jesus. Hey, that's kind of fun. Should we have t-shirts? I'm on team, I'm with team Jesus. Maybe not, uh, you know, uh, but I am one of his. I'm declaring that to everybody who will be here. And, you know, uh, it, it's hard to marry all the doctrine and all the theology behind it because, you know, the Ethiopian, they probably didn't have that much of a crowd, right? When Philip baptized him, but it was important. And uh, there could be a part of this that we could talk about, you know, What's really going on with baptism? Uh, if some of you have been a part of the MBs all your life or most of your life, uh, we talk about baptism being an ordinance. A lot of evangelical churches will talk about it being an ordinance, largely symbolic. There are other evangelical traditions that they would talk about it being more of a sacrament. And in that case, there's a, a sense, a belief that spiritually speaking, even in ways we can't explain, God does something through this process. I, I love the conversation. I, I'm obviously a symbolism ordinance sort of guy in line with the MBs. But to say, hey, you never know how God might work when you get baptized, and maybe his spirit is working in ways we don't even know. You all with me? So this is, the, this is the primer. It isn't the deep discussion. I just wanted you to hear the primer on baptism, but I wanted you to hear that. So obedience, a public dec declaration of faith. And I can't resist before we get to them, to say there's so much really cool symbolism in